On today's show, the Pistons keep losing. Will they break the record for the longest losing streak in league history? It doesn't look good for Detroit. Plus, are the Grizzlies with John Morant a team that we should take seriously? We talk about that, Zion's non-guaranteed contract, and a whole lot more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mades. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom Locked On NBA and use the code all lowercase Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. We'll get to whether the Pelicans would ever consider cutting Zion Williamson in a bit. But let's start in Detroit, where the Pistons lost to the Jazz 119-111. to The Pistons have lost 25 games in a row. What? One short of the all-time single-season record of 26. That record, Adam, was set by the 2010-11 Cavs and the 2013-2014 76ers. What's crazy is that the Pistons were actually favored in this game because the Jazz were without Larry Markkinen, no Jordan Clarkson, no Keontae George, no Taylor uh, Horton Tucker. This was a four-point game with two and a half minutes left, but then the Jazz scored seven straight to put this one away. Uh, Adam, this is a rebuilding season for Detroit, but losing 25 games in a row is never good. Pistons fans were chanting to fire the coach, fire the GM, for the owner to sell the team. Uh, what do you make of this losing streak? It's rough. I mean, this is really rough. And if, it, to your point, if you're going to lose this game, who are you going to beat? It doesn't get any easier than this. You're already talking about one of the bottom five teams, and then you take out their best player. So this, to me, is really disheartening. You feel for the Detroit Pistons and what they're going through. After the game, Cade said, I don't think we're this bad. Like, you know, I know we're bad, but we're not 2-26 uh, and 26 bad. But I'm afraid the truth <laughs> is they might just be this bad. They're pretty bad. And like you said, uh, it doesn't get easier anytime soon. They their next few few games. I mean, I'm just gonna look at the schedule here at Brooklyn and then at home against Brooklyn. That's not I mean, they're better. Uh yeah, I in, mean look, Brooklyn's Boston, is vulnerable Toronto. though. I will say this. Brooklyn's vulnerable. I don't I'm not picking them to win if they lose to the Jazz, but Brooklyn's at least like sure. you know volatile. But if you don't win that, if you don't win those games, yeah. Boston, I mean, maybe Toronto at home, maybe that's an opportunity, but then you're on the road in Houston, in Utah, in Golden State, in Denver. Mm. I mean, like, I don't know how much longer this is going to go. So either way, 25 games, 26 games, if they break the record with a 27-game losing streak, it's fine. Uh, Look, nobody really expected the Pistons to be good, and if you kind of zoom out, I don't know that this losing streak is that big of a deal. I mean, you, I I mentioned those other teams, like the 2010-11 Cavs, they won a championship a few years later. They they stunk that season. Ended up getting Kyrie Irving, with uh, and then and then you know they, they got LeBron, LeBron a few later, years yeah. later and stuff like that. Like a lot of stuff had to happen, but it wasn't the end of the franchise. The 76ers, that was the process. 76ers, right? The difference between those teams and this Pistons team was that they've already been bad for many years. They've kind of already right. gone through the process, and they hired Monty Williams and made him the highest paid coach in the league to try to take. Kind of like a Houston Rockets type of leap. I think that's maybe what they were expecting to do. Have Monty Williams come in, set the culture, all these things. That's why. And that obviously has not happened. And and so I understand. I get it. Like the Pistons, Pistons fans are are totally right to be calling for jobs and all these things. I understand the frustration. Even in a even if you're bad, you gotta win some games here and there just for a proof of concept. And and I don't know that if you're a Pistons fan, you have a whole lot of stuff 
to feel good about right now. Yeah, I, yeah it doesn't feel like they're building anything. That, that right. That's the difference is when you lose 26 games or, or 24 in a row. Now, I don't know anything about this. You know, we haven't really seen it. But I have to imagine when you lose 10 games in a row, it's tough on morale. It's yeah. tough on confidence. What habits are you building? Are you Is it possible to be building good habits while losing this much? I don't think it is. And then, you know, earlier this year, they've had some weird things with Jaden Ivey starting and not starting. And is he playing 15 minutes so some weird. nights? And you think, what's going on? Now you have uh, Asar Thompson, who is back on the bench. And I love this kid. Like, part of me, mm-hmm. one, another thing is, is the development right for a guy like that? When you, when you know how irregular sort of his season has been. Um, you're playing heavy minutes, you know, with Wiseman and stuff tonight. And he looked absolutely terrible. I thought so yeah. to me, I look at this and I just go, it's not lo- losing with a purpose. You could say, okay, there's something going on, but this doesn't feel like that. And, and then Wes, my other take on this is last year at the same time through 27 ish games, nobody had fewer than seven losses or mm-hmm. seven wins. Sorry. Seven wins this year. There are three teams with fewer than seven wins and two teams with seven wins. We thought that the play-in tournament was going to end tanking and maybe bring a little bit more parity because you're in it longer. And that was true last year. It's not true this year. You look around and you go, the Spurs are four and twenty-three. They're out of the playoff race before Christmas. Portland's seven and nineteen. They're probably out of the race. Detroit's two and twenty-six out of the race. Washington four and twenty-two out of the race. Charlotte seven and nineteen. Only because it's the East are they not out of out of the race. So I look at this and I go, it's weird that we in, got the play-in. And we still have teams that have historically bad records. And you know what's crazy is that they're not even fully tanking. Like a lot of these teams thought they would be winning more games like Washington, Detroit. They thought they would be better than this. They just they just stink by accident, which is even worse for their fans. I can't imagine that that's awesome to cheer for. Uh, But let's go to Memphis where the Grizzlies beat the Pacers 116 to 103 to improve to 2 and 0 with John Morant this season. Morant. 20 points and eight assists in this one. Desmond Bain finished with 31 points, six rebounds, seven assists uh, in a big third quarter to power that uh, and lead the Grizzlies to the win. They outscored the Pacers 58 to 47 in the second half, a so-so game for Tyrese Halliburton. But the Grizzlies are eight and 19, okay? But they do look much better with John Morant back. I mean, they look like a completely they different look really They good. look like the Grizzlies, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you make of the Grizzlies right now? Well, I'm impressed with John Morant. I mean, it's it's. I know it's simple to say, but to have the game winner and the game that he had in his first game back was unbelievable. No rust to, and no loss of confidence. You think of all the things that he's been through, and like, you know, it's high profile that he is sort of being scolded, and and you got to go to therapy, and you got to do all these different things. And instead, he comes out looks like no confidence is shaken at all. And even though the numbers in tonight's game don't really pop out at you for what he had, I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm ready because it's only been two games to say it looks like the old Grizzlies. But what I will say is, you look at where they are in the standings. Their season kind of looks like it's over. I think they're still six games back of the play-in, so it's they like are. still hard to even imagine. But they're not treating it like that. They're treating it like you know what? Let's go. It's the season starts now, and let's claw our way out of it. And, and that's just, it's kind of awesome to see, to be honest. I mean, they were 28th in the league in points in the paint before John Morant got back. And granted, it's only been two games, but right. in those two games, they outscored the Pelicans who do all of their work that, in the paint, yeah, paint 62 team. to 50 in the paint. And then they outscored the Pacers tonight, 48 to 32 in the paint. And that's, that's the Grizzlies formula, right? Get to the yes. basket, pressure the rim, pressure the rim. And that's with a bunch of injuries. Still no Brandon Clark, still no Steven Adams and all these things. 
Um, I really like the way Zaire Williams has looked just like a small little note over these last three or four games. He, like, I'm like, Oh, am I, am I a believer in Zaire Williams now? I kind of like what they've got going on with him. Um, but to go back to your point, six games behind Phoenix now for the 10th seed, the West is loaded. I don't know that anybody's sitting here expecting the Memphis. It just feels like a, the suspension and the record before the suspension, it kind of sunk them in too big of a hole. They would basically need, what, 43, 44 wins, any team in the West, to make the play-in tournament, probably around that range. So that basically means that that Memphis basically have to go 35 and 20 the rest of the way. They have one of the hardest remaining schedules in the league. Again, I know that's not really the point here, but I I I was curious. I just looked it up because I've been that impressed with the Grizzlies with two games with John Moran, you know what I mean? So um, that's sort of where we're at. Let me, real quick, let me just say the other side of things is is more important to me and more interesting because you go to the in-season tournament final, you have that great run and the great open to your season. You come out of that and you beat Detroit because everybody beats Detroit, as we just mentioned. And then you lose to Milwaukee, lose to Washington, lose to the yeah. Timberwolves, lose to the Clippers, beat Charlotte, lose to Memphis. Um, you know, to me, I look at this and I go, this is a really rough the in-season tournament seems to have done a number on the Pacers in a way that maybe that was it's worth it for a team like them. It was worth it to get this and get that experience yeah. and this that. But I, I do wonder is the more we get removed from the in-season tournament, the more we kind of see the full effect of it, the full scope. And maybe these things are coincidental. But two and five coming out of that, that hurts more than making for the, the big even, picture. It hurts so much. It does. And it doesn't even feel like it's a physical toll. That's a young team. They're still getting up and down. Like they're not scoring as much, but it feels almost like an emotional toll. Like they got in over their skis and now they're like tumbling over the emotional mountain. They're just like, Oh my God, what just happened in Las Vegas? You got like that post Vegas hangover that you and I would have after going to Vegas, not necessarily <laughs> a basketball team going for a tournament. It's just, it's, it is a little strange. It does feel like a little bit of a hangover going on. I, I thought tonight Halliburton looked a little cement legged. So yeah, I, that's he, fair. He, he's the one guy that to me, and I mean, obviously he's the most important one and he's the engine. So I don't know. It's just something to monitor because they were on I the mean, second night of a back-to-back. That's they were on the second night of a back-to-back, but to lose five of six, um, you know, we'll see if this ends up keep going. If if it keeps going, honestly, if the Lakers and the, the Pacers, two both the teams that went to the final, if they have a horrible December, I think it will influence how teams approach the in season tournament going mm. forward. I do. I, maybe it's only a little bit, but I do think teams will look at that and be like, "Yeah, but you remember what happens to the two teams that pushed too hard last year?" Could be interesting. Um, we're gonna move on. Zion Williamson. Some new news that his contract is not guaranteed, putting his what? future in New Orleans in question. We'll talk about how big of a deal it really is after this on Locked on NBA. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gifts gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. It's helpful for uh, learning positive coping skills, therapy is, and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma and things like that. Everybody can use therapy and everybody can use BetterHelp. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. This is all made tailored to you. In a season of giving, give yourself what you need 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. A few more notable scores from Thursday night before we get to the Zion drama. The Bucks beat the Magic 118-114. to 37-10-7 for Giannis, 24 points and 8 assists for Damian Lillard. The Magic nearly came back in this one. On the second night of a back-to-back for them, Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro combined for 52 points in the game, but the Bucks ended up escaping with the win. The Thunder beat the Clippers thanks to 31 points from one Shea Gilgis-Alexander and 23 points from Chet Holmgren. The Clippers, on the second night of a back-to-back, were without Kawhi Leonard for the first time this season, although it does not sound like it's going to be a long-term issue. But with Kawhi, I guess you never know. The loss and a little rest, the little back-to-back rest. Of Kawhi's been playing unbelievably. Yeah, so Paul George big, also out tonight, by the way. Big game. Oh no, James. he was in. He played. No, he Paul played George tonight. played, and it was a good game for him. And then James Harden was there and, and doing right. James Harden things. But uh, good win for the Thunder. The loss also ends the Clippers' nine-game win streak. So there goes that. Uh, the Pelicans went into Cleveland and beat the Cavs without Donovan Mitchell. Also, still no Darius Garland, no Evan Mobley for the Cavs. Trey Murphy, the third, mm. your guy, had my guy. The Pelicans won one twenty-three to one hundred four. Any notes on the Pelicans and Cavs? Just how, just on Trey Murphy, man. He's one of those guys who I think is in between role player and star. Mm. He's not quite a full star. I mean, he's still you know young. He's got a lot of in front of him. But nights like tonight, when you watch him, ten of sixteen, it wasn't just like. You think of him as a spot-up shooter because that's kind of how he came into the league, like a 3-and-D type guy. But he's got a little on-the-ground game. He's got a little creation. He just he He's a really interesting player. I remain so high on all of the New Orleans Pelicans players except for two. <laughs> They're main two guys. Feels like uh, Mikel Bridges walked so Trey Murphy III could run. Maybe. I mean, it's a good comp, honestly. like he's yeah. It's a good comp. He's a heck of a player, man. I, I just love watching him. Let's go to the Chicago Bulls. They keep stacking wins. They beat the Spurs 114 to 95. They've won eight of their last 11. They're now, don't look now, a half game back out of the play in tournament in the East. Uh, that turnaround is pretty incredible. I just, I wish there was just one thing that we could point to that could cause this turnaround. I, I, I don't really know what it might be, though. What do you think? Uh, I think one playing free, you know, they, yeah. a lot of guys getting opportunity, Patrick Williams and of course, Kobe White. And he would be my other thing. It's just Kobe White. The guy, you know, a lot of times when a star steps down and there is another player behind that star, the situation that Kobe White finds himself in, they get in there and they take 26 shots a game. They shoot 33%. And it's like, hey, man, I finally get to drive dad's car. Yeah, yeah. I'm going a little crazy. You call that the Jordan Pool in some parts. The, the Jordan Pool, 100%, man, the <laughs> Jordan Pool. Uh, Kobe White, 10 of 15 tonight. The efficiency is impressive, but the 15 is impressive. He played 36 minutes more than anybody yeah. else. And the restraint to only take 15 shots when he is the type of mold player he is. And it's not just tonight. This whole run oh, has been, been that great. way where he's been aggressive but in control. Such an the playmaking so has stood out with him. Um, I, I, he is very much in control of the pace of the game. When I said that I wish there was one thing that I could point to, 
that was a joke that obviously did not land. I was talking about oh. Zach Levine going out <laughs> with the injury, uh, but we'll keep it. We'll just keep it moving here. Um, let's go to Minnesota where the Timberwolves beat the Lakers. Uh, no LeBron James for the Lakers, but Anthony Davis did play. He had 31 points in this one, but it was Anthony Edwards, 27 points. All five Wolves starters scored in double digits. I love Anthony Edwards. I know I'm not breaking news. I know if you're yeah. a, a consumer of NBA content, you probably also love Anthony Edwards. Uh, but this was a five-point game with five minutes left. Anthony Edwards gets a layup and one and then finds uh, on the very next possession, Nikhil Alexander-Walker for a three-pointer in the corner, just whips a pass with the opposite hand into the corner, finds him standing there wide open, drains that, boom, goes from a five-point game to an 11-point game. With with just under five minutes, like four and a half to go, which is not the end of a game yeah. by any stretch, right, mathematically, but it kind of felt over to me in that moment. He just, Anthony Edwards just grabbed grabbed the game and, and took well, it over. And the reason it wasn't over is because right after that, he took like three bad shots in a row. <laughs> like, but we don't need to talk about that. I think he he had the coming out of a timeout. He was standing in front of the Lakers bench, and I can't. Yeah, you're like you said, they're up nine or something like that. As a minute, just played out, and you could see him jawing with Jared Vanderbilt. I can't remember who else it was, and he kind of gets this look, and I could just tell. I was like, oh, he's going to take a bad shot here, and sure enough, he did. <laughs> you know, but nonetheless, they still get the win. It was uh, it was never a doubt. Um, well, let's um, let's talk about Zion Williamson. Okay. All right. According to the Athletic, by missing more than 22 games last year. Zion triggered a clause that turned his salary that he's owed for the 2025-26 season, the 26-27 season, and the 27-28 season. So three seasons following next season. Those seasons have now gone from guaranteed to non-guaranteed. Okay, so that means that the Pelicans have the contractual power to just waive Zion after the 2024-25 season at zero penalty cost to them. Now, everybody knows this is it's unlikely that the Pelicans would ever just wave Zion and lose him for nothing. Uh, even if he's out of shape or underperforming, he's just, he's still got so much talent and they have too much invested in him to just cut bait and get nothing back. But uh, this report did get a lot of people talking. Is it a really big deal or is it just a lot to do about nothing? Adam? I think it's a big deal. Now it's not necessarily a big deal because the Pelicans are going to wave Zion. Let's just be clear about that. Yes. It's not a big deal, but what's a big deal is that, they built this into his contract for a reason. Mm-hmm. They did not trust him, both physically and also when you talk about weight clauses, yes. you're talking about like, we don't trust you to do the right thing. Well, fast forward and guess what? Th- those were, well, it, were, it was smart that they did this because clearly his underperformed, but now you get into the, it's not about the contract, it's about the, yeah, but how do we handle the situation part of it? And clearly their best bet forward is still with Zion just getting it together. Yep. But to me, it's it's wild to think that Zion sat down and put pen to paper on a contract that says, as long as you stay in good shape and stay healthy, you're going to make up $200 million. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it is so interesting, isn't it? Right. I mean, I guess when you're sitting down and you're signing the contract, you have confidence in yourself to get things under control. But there's been enough reporting around Zion right now where it almost sounds like there, there's like an I hate to use the phrase eating disorder, but that's like kind of the context clues around this thing. And and that's kind of what we're talking about here. One re- one weird thing about this contract that I didn't mention at first, it does have the ability to switch back, at least according to John Hollinger from the Athletic to switch back to guaranteed if you meet, meet certain clauses and gameplay things. So it can go from like non-guaranteed to guaranteed, guaranteed to non-guaranteed, just kind of flip back and forth. So 
TBD, I guess, on all of this. But for now, those three years are non-guaranteed in the contract based on the clauses they didn't meet this last time. You would hope that this would just motivate him. Maybe this is the wake-up call. Maybe this is, hey, oh, my God, all this money is not guaranteed anymore. I better, I better That's get scary, things in order, right? right? And, when, and when would you trigger this? You know, you trigger this in, like, a, a final year or something like that. Your guy gets hurt or something, yeah. something happens where it's like, hey, man, the only path forward now is this way. So while I don't think it's, like, a likely or, like, remotely likely scenario where they actually would have to, like, say, hey, no, we're, we're going to waive this contract, it is at least – a slightly more real. And if you're Zion, that shouldn't be your motivating factor. But as I mentioned, I love this Pelicans team. I think it is such a sleeping giant if they could just get their star players, you know, because I, I actually um, think Brandon Ingram belongs in the in this conversation as well. He's another guy that's kind of missed and teammates mm-hmm. have even called him out a little bit, you know, soft call outs and saying, hey, we need our guys to play. CJ McCollum famously earlier in the year said it doesn't make sense to me. Some of these young guys not playing these days. I, I, I never take uh, for granted the fact that I'm a professional basketball player. So for me, I just think that that that's the thing is it it points to what I think is a real tragedy in the NBA that this Pelicans team to me should be title contenders, yeah. not even playoff contenders, title contenders, but they just need their main guy to kind of be up to the lowest bar to right. clear, which is stay healthy and stay in shape. And let's be real here. I mean, if you just wave Zion for nothing, you're basically signaling a rebuild, right? Because Ingram's contract comes up around that same time that these deals come, uh, Zion's contract becomes non-guaranteed. CJ McCollum's contract will be expired by then. Like, we like Trey Murphy the third. We like Herb Jones. We like all these guys. But you're not building a championship team around those guys, at least not what they seem to be right now. And so the one weird thing is if he's, if these those three years are non-guaranteed, Zion becomes much more tradable. And now right. that becomes, like, the best expiring salary in the league, or the biggest one, I should say, <laughs> at $40 million, right? And so if you're another team trying to maybe start your rebuild process and get off of a star if you're the Pelicans, you're like, hey, here's Zion's super non-guaranteed contract. Do with it whatever you would like to do. Maybe you take a chance on Zion, wave him. It's up to you. Um, and then like a couple of draft picks or whatever it is. And then maybe you can get a star who's making $40 million. And that way you don't have to do the full Detroit Pistons style teardown. And right. you can just kind of, you know, hey, let's add another kind of big high wattage player with Murphy, with Herb Jones, with all these other guys. So well, I'll it's, give you a it's going to be the most talked about contract in the league for the next half decade, basically. Is this this is the only scenario where I think, like, if, I, if you start to get, like, really reckless and where would this, where could a trade or this happen? If you look at the Clippers situation, the Clippers are playing great right now. It doesn't look to be the case that they'll flame out. But if, for whatever reason, things fell apart there, you can imagine, like, you, you just said that this Pelicans roster is not good enough without Zion. I kind of disagree. If you were to put, if you were to swap, for example, Zion Williamson, for sake of argument, Zion Williamson and Paul George. Paul George typically not thought of as a guy capable of being a number one, right, on a contender. Mm-hmm. But the, this role, the, the role players on this team with how many wings they have, how many impact players they have, I would actually be intrigued by a team that that yeah. had that roster. So to me, I, 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 I can foresee a world, not that they wave him, but I can foresee a world in which they trade Zion for a, and lose the trade in a vacuum. But it's like, you know what? It's been three years, four years of this. We can't count on this guy. And we have all these pieces we built, and we don't want it to completely tear down. So could, let's build around Paul George, or let's build around you know another player that's not thought of as a number one. No, you and I agree on that, for sure. Um, all right, coming up, we look ahead to the Christmas Day slate and the biggest matchups in those games. That's all next here on Lockdown NBA.
Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and then watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For instance, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. PricePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of the players in your entries gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. PricePix is the only daily, daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So if you want to play on PrizePix, Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thanks for making NBA your first listen every day. It's Friday, which means it's time to count down to the weekend. What do you have for us today, Adam? Well, we have Christmas coming up on Monday, so I thought we would look at these games and just talk about the matchups, talk about the head-to-head matchups of the uh, or the most interesting matchups between the teams playing. Let's do it. Let's start with Bucks next. I will just go in chronological order here. So we'll start on the East Coast. This is the game here on the West Coast. I know you East Coasters, man. This is like midday. This is for me. This is like I'm still in pajamas. You know, what time's oh, the first game? Eleven a.m. Um, what is it out here? On it's ten a.m. Ten a.m. Yeah, so I'm going slow, man. I just oh, I opened gifts a little bit. Maybe I'm playing with some of the new toys with the kids or what have you. Um, but it's still early, so I'm not really paying too close of attention. But we got the Bucks at the Knicks. And for me, this one is Dame versus Brunson. You know, oh. this is the guard matchup for me because both of these guys are capable of putting up monster numbers. I think Jalen Brunson fancies himself a Dame Lillard caliber player. And this is a big, uh, you know, a big stage. So for me, I look at this one and go, I think Brunson has a chance to go off. We know he just had the 50 piece. I think Dame Lillard could go off. I like this matchup between those two dudes. This one's going to be at Madison Square Garden. So Jalen Brunson's also going to be like, hey, this is my house, right? And, and you know, it's, this is my day. This is my showcase. So I'm with you on that. I am interested to see the Giannis versus Jalen Brunson matchup because you know Giannis is going to hunt him in those mismatches and I am interested to see how the Knicks sort of match that up pre-switch do whatever they got to do to try to get out of that matchup but um the Bucks are very predatorial and we'll see what they do but uh it's going to be a good one because like you said it's Jalen Brunson his place home court advantage uh but it's also Damian Lillard in a primetime matchup and, and we know how Dame usually responds to those kinds of situations so it'll be a good one this is your moment Jalen Brunson go for it uh, the next game, Warriors at Nuggets. I'll be working this one. Um, this matchup to me, it's not a head-to-head matchup, but I think Steph Curry and Nikola Jokic, in whatever order you want to go, are number one and number two offensive engines of the last 20 years. Offensive engines. You could probably throw a James Harden in there somewhere, although I think less playoff success doing, doing that style. But these two guys are just so impactful on every single uh, possession. I think that this is just going to be a, uh, this is going to be the most beautiful game to watch as you see both of these guys kind of doing their thing um, in the offense they create. 
and both teams, a lot of movement, a lot of cutting, just a lot of up and down. It's this is to me uh, the game I'm second most excited for. Second Christmas. most, okay. Uh, you well, know the one I'm most excited for. Uh, it's not Knicks, Bucks. Okay, we'll keep going. Maybe it'll maybe we'll stumble upon it. Uh, Celtics Lakers coming up next. I think this one. I'm, I went with the obvious one on this one. Anthony Davis and Chris Tapps Porzingis. Anthony Davis is a monster, especially on marquee games when he's like dialed in and focused. He's a monster defensively. But Porzingis represents that like pick and pop threat that is so hard for bigs to to cover. So that's my matchup in that in that one that I think is most interesting. There's not a lot of direct one to one matchups around the rest of the court uh, in this one, like LeBron, you know, Jason Tatum. I don't think it's necessarily like a one on one matchup there. But uh, that one, I yeah, think it'll, it'll be interesting to see who LeBron guards and what ends up being the matchup. Is LeBron going to be on Jalen Brown? Is or what? Do the Celtics? They've kind of gotten weird with some of their mismatches, like they could put Drew Holiday on LeBron. They've gotten weird with yeah. Drew Holiday and where yeah. they put him. So who knows? But uh, I I know that we're doing matchups here. I don't I don't really care. It's it's LeBron James on Christmas. That's what I want to see. And whoever he's guarding and whoever's guarding him, that's the matchup I care the most about in this one. This is a terrible game, except for what you just said. Like, if other, any other circumstance would be like, this is going to be horrible. But we're like, it's LeBron. We got to give him the respect. Marquee game. Uh, 76ers at heat. Wait a second. This there it be is. The one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we there found it, it. We found it. Uh, and where else could I go? Uh, Joel Embiid versus, uh, Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Embiid is going through the league right now. Rudy Gobert. Carl Towns Doesn't matter. Dropped Daniel Gafford. Doesn't matter who he's going through. He's carving him up right now. But while I don't think Bam is the single best defensive big in the NBA, I think Gobert is like a tougher matchup usually. The Miami Heat are very good at preparing for games and, and coming up with a good scheme. So I just look at this one and I go, and nobody has slowed him beat at all. I think Bam is extremely disciplined and is not going to put him on the foul line like everyone else does, at least not as much. And I think that Miami Heat team is going to be prepared for that game. So I'm, that that's my matchup. I think you saw the strategy a little bit. It might be a little bit different, but you saw the strategy uh, during the NBA Finals with Bam fronting Nikola Jokic over and over yeah. and over. And I think that's probably what we'll see with Embiid um, in this one. The Heat are also an early help team. They're going to send doubles, and they're going to do all that stuff, and they're going to do it strategically. They'll they'll switch up the timing. They'll throw some zone in there. They'll sprinkle that in. Uh, so Spoh's going to have a bunch of different schemes. He's going to toggle between them and, and pull different levers in this one. I'm very interested to see it. But to your point, Adam, like this is a case, this is a chance for Bam to maybe become the defensive player of the year favorite because we just saw Joel Embiid put 51 points on Rudy Gobert's head. He's on, according to FanDuel, Rudy Gobert is the, the defensive player of the year favorite right now. But if Bam can limit Embiid in a way that Gobert could not, there's your highlight reel for DPOY, right, for Bam. So I think this is a huge game for Bam. And by the way, if anybody knows that, it's Bam. He's been <laughs> chomping at the bit to try to get into this defensive player of the year conversation. So Also we'll just the through. intimidation factor that yep. Miami brings. You know, they've been through big games before. Minnesota, I thought the other night, the lights were a little bright. You know, like yeah. they could feel it was a marquee game. Like Miami, man, they've been through so many of these. And then the last game, look, Wes, you're going to be asleep. I know the East Coasters out there never pay attention to the West Coast game. It's too late for you. 10.30 start time. Mavs 12.30 in the morning right now. I'll be <laughs> recording this. And it's earlier than usual. You don't even yeah. later. Um, uh, no, Mavs at Suns. And I just, Luca at versus Booker. Again, another yeah. one where it's not necessarily head-to-head, but these guys seem to bring out the best at each other, especially Luca bring out the best in Luca. And while I think the Mavericks are not good, and I think the, the Suns are not good, 
this one feels like it'll actually mean a lot to both yeah. teams. So do I we like get some it. trash talking on Christmas between Luca and Booker? Oh, it, is is do. the holiday spirit going to get in the way? Or are they going to be a couple of Grinches? Uh, I think they'll be in the holiday spirit. Um, not Luca's Christmas. He's on the uh, yeah, Serbian care. calendar. Very That's different. True. So for him, just a normal game, just a Monday night game. It's a Monday night game on ESPN against the Phoenix Suns. Very good. Uh, well, it is the holidays uh, for us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the Monday night show will have a recap of all of those games. But in the meantime, thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.